Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Band, a podcast about bands you probably don't even like. We hope you don't know this one. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Andy Sell, and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pod the Life. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Travis fucking Clark. Twist. I'm Andy Self. Ugh. Hey, Travis. Yes, sir. Twist. Damn it. Hey, Travis. Yes, sir. Twist. Mm. Oh, this is so fun. It's People a- are going to stop you on the streets. Uh, yeah, they are. Mm. And Twist. And go, Travis. And I'm going to go, yes. Twist. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Oh, it never gets old. And you know what I'll do? I'll be like, it's, you know whose fault this is? It's Andy's fault. <laughs> Andy! <laughs> Where'd you get that idea, Andy? Huh? <laughs> From, never mind. What? Twist. Hitler. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, how's everyone been since the last episode? Uh, I got a little more Baja Blast in me than the last time. I got a Baja Blast right here in front of me. You You might say we all got put on blast. Baja Blast. We got blasted, if nothing else. I got to tell you, I only only blast with my boys here, and when I do... I always don't feel right afterwards. Like it's that's uh, why you do. It's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's the cough syrup of soda. It's like a vision, yeah, for it's sure. Like a vision quest. Yeah. Like you're in peril, <laughs> but you're learning something. <laughs> I like the idea that people just take Baja Blast into a sweat tent. Yeah, to like have a vision. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be pretty great. Yeah, it's also kind of what I feel is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got we got bellies full of Taco Bell. Well, I have a belly. The full national of- food of Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> they call it the national food of Bakersfield. I don't know why they say national when it's just Bakersfield. Because uh, they don't understand. Did you know there's a coffee Rally place? Rally around the podcast <laughs> with a belly <laughs> full of bell. <laughs> there's a place in Bakersfield in that area that's a coffee place. It's called like Pink Flamingos. And you just like go and drive up to a girl in her it's underwear. It's just divine in there. No, it's just a, on... it's, it's a, well, it's not, yeah, no, it's oh, a it's girl a... in her underwear, like giving you one of those like bikini. Yeah. Barista. Super, yeah. It's super strange. Yeah. The, those are, I've never been to one of those. Well, go to Bakersfield. They're all over the place. That does not surprise me whatsoever. I have left a lot of, I don't think we're going to be allowed in Bakersfield after this. I've left Jonathan Davis's porn obsession out of the notes so far. Maybe I'll get to that. There was a he song has a, on Life is Peachy called Porno Creep. He has a voracious pornography appetite. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It is, uh, uh, but I don't want to kink shame. You know, uh, It all checks out. If you've ever seen a photo of that man, you'd go, yep, that's who watches it. Mm-hmm. He's got a porn mustache for sure. He's got porn facial He's hair. He's got a porn everything. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I think the Jägermeister figures into it, too, somehow. Not it, usually. Mm-hmm. Usually just in good decisions. <laughs> Jägermeister. So when we all left off, Korn had started a record label. Elementary! Signed a couple average bands. And then started pre-production on their third album. And their even, best album. Their best album. I haven't even listened to uh, most of the other albums, but I, I think I can safely say that this is their best album. I think it's a fun fact that we should acknowledge. There are like 13 corn albums. <laughs> Too many. There's so many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really surprising. We're going to have to do a few episodes that that cover multiple. And again, I no idea where I'm getting the research. I'm going to have to <laughs> interview Jonathan Davis to finish this podcast. And hopefully he doesn't listen to the first few episodes before I do. <laughs> I want to go to talk to Nathan Houseman. I want to go to <laughs> I want to go to Head's Church. 
Didn't he start a church? What? Yeah. Well, he did quit because he got super religious. Yeah, but then, then he came back because that don't pay the bills. No. But I think he started like a like a head church. <laughs> head church. Yeah. I go to monkey church. So <laughs> I'm a fieldy church. Guy. So here's a here's a uh You're I, a fieldamentalist? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Here is an irony alert as it pertains to Life is Peachy. The band acknowledges that it wasn't that great of an album, but huge hit, uh, debuted at number three, sold a lot of records, and also uh, critically acclaimed for the most part, but also bands started emulating Korn and trying to get that sound. It's so weird because it's a bad record. Yeah. Like, not just them being not proud of it, but like... It's the production is weird on it. It sounds not just inconsistent, but like contradictory within songs, within its own songs. Like it's like yeah. there'll be weird sound choices as f- just like stuff that doesn't so- stuff that sounds like it was slipped in. Well, I think it's like when an actor gets cast in like a Star Trek, you know, series where you're like, well, this is just my life now, right? Like you just lean into it. <laughs> right, you're just like, well, we weren't really trying for this, but this happened, yeah. so I guess this is who we are. Yeah, like Flo, right? The progressive lady. Oh yes, yes. she That's is pretty progressive. Yeah, she is yeah. very progressive. Although big proponent of uh, universal basic income, mm-hmm. uh, open borders, like just super. Yeah, yeah I think crazy. she's going to be Andrew Yang's running mate. Yeah, yeah, Yang Flo, Yang Flo, Yang and that Flo. sounds like the name of a band that's trying to emulate Corn. Yang and Flow, starring Terrence Howard. That's the Terrence Howard shaker that alerts you that Terrence Howard's around. <laughs> <laughs> Just a heads up. So hide your multiplication tables. So another thing that happens after Life is Peachy is bands, like I just said, start emulating corn to the point that a bunch of bands hired Ross Robinson as a producer. Yep. They wanted to record at Indigo Ranch. Which, which was, was just a house, right? It was, yeah, it, it was a stu- the studio where they recorded their first two albums. It's just a blue house in Blakersfield, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> some, probably, yeah. It just, it sounds like a cult location. like Or like a, a shady charity. Oh, that's from Indigo Ranch. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, like there's gonna, it sounds like, whatever it is, it sounds like there's going to be an HBO documentary yeah. about it in like two months. Oh my God, or like a Wild Wild Country, you know, Netflix yeah. eight <laughs> series yeah. kind of, you know. Eight episode arc of like a inside Indigo Ranch, <laughs> <laughs> and then they all came to Bakersfield. That's when we knew it was going to be a problem. <laughs> it's a true crime documentary, yeah, but yeah. just about the albums that were released in the nineties. <laughs> true crimes against music. So, with all of these other bands starting to kind of emulate what they were doing, they decided, "Well, I'm just going to do something different," and. I can fucking relate, but that's for a podcast <laughs> I'll record in my 70s nice. or something. But they hired a new producer. They kicked Ross Robinson to the curb. Bye, Ross. And hired Steve Thompson, who'd previously worked with Guns N' Roses, The Rollins Band, Butthole Surfers, Blues Traveler, and Nathan Houseman. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, Steve Thompson just threw a... Uh... A dart at a board full of yeah, names. Yeah, because none of those like, bands really have anything in common. 
<laughs> not at all. Rollins Band and Butthole Surfers have done <laughs> yeah, stuff together. Closest, I'd yeah. say they're yeah. the closest. But Blues Traveler and Guns and Roses bookending that is uh, couldn't be more different. Yeah, yeah. that's like uh, that's like a sandwich where the bottom slice of bread is rye and the top slice of bread is a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the top slice is a piece of glass. <laughs> So I have a I have a theory that I put in the notes here. With bands that hit right away with their first album, their third album is always their best album. You think so? well, okay. Huh, okay. What? Because it's the same thing with a uh like Tori Amos said once about writing your first album, that's when you tell your story. Like you've been waiting to say this your entire life and you get it all out, then you have to start getting creative after that. But with a band like this where your first album hits You've been playing those songs for years. Mm -hmm. You've probably changed your style a little bit and gotten better. And you want to show that on your second album. And what ends up happening is it feels like some sort of radical departure, whereas it's really just, well, we have a little more money and we don't yeah, want yeah. to record in our fucking garage anymore. Yeah. And then that third album is where bands, I think, combine that, where it's, okay, well, we acknowledge that you like what we did earlier, but we also want to do something different. Here's this. Hmm. And I think you saw that with Nirvana, where Bleach was one way, Nevermind was one way, and then everything changed. Everything changed after In Utero, uh, quite drastically. <laughs> uh, Foo Fighters also, I would argue that. Their first album mm -hmm. sounds like a demo. Their second album is way more polished. And then the third album is kind of an amalgam of the two and I think is also their best album. Interesting. I'm trying to think if there's any... I I, I would like to... Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to submit Weezer <laughs> as an example. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like Weezer got really popular with their first record, tried to rail against popularity with their second record, quit, and then came back as a garbage band. Yeah, they're they're definitely an exception. I mean, it's obviously not I know, I'm, I'm every just, band. I, I know, I was just offering that as a... Um, a cautionary tale. Yeah, like the Doors. All I think the Doors' best album is their second album, which is the one with People Are Strange and all that shit. Mm. What's the one with Peace Frog on it? That is Morrison Hotel, okay. I believe, which is not a great album. Uh, but I think that's definitely the case with Corn. Follow the Leader. I listened to it last night and this morning. It's just miles and miles and miles better than the first two albums. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I think firing Ross Robinson was a great call. <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. Because this album, like, it's it, it's night and day with Life is Peachy, just production-wise. Right. It's just a much better produced, it's, just a much better sounding record. It's their Nevermind. Yeah. And sure. The, and the music is not bad. Like, like, the stuff that they're doing that they're kind of, like, either experimenting with or just fucking around with without any intention on the previous records. Like, it seems to kind of gel here and provide, like, a soundscape almost. Right. Obviously, Got the Life is, I think we talked about this in the first episode, as far as, like, my relationship with Korn. Like, Follow the Leader is the record that I liked. It's the record I knew. It's the record I listened to. And it's still, even, Travis and I were talking about this before we were recording today, is that even back then when I was, like, whatever, 18 and listening to this record, I knew it was like, this is the thing I feel bad about liking. Like, this, right. is, this is not good, but I still like it. This was the Baja this Blast of your music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, yeah. The Baja Men or the Baja Blast <laughs> of Who my musical let the corn out? <laughs> 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 the song Got the Life is 
the fucking pinnacle of new. Like that is, and it sounds nothing like anything they'd recorded right. previously. Yeah. So. What's the one where they have the music video where he screams at the bullet? Is that got the life? That's, uh, That's freak, freak on a leash. leash. Okay. Yeah. And I like I was more familiar. Like I had heard "Got the Life" before, but it never really resonated with me. And then after listening to the intro of this podcast, which is an acoustic cover of "Got the Life." Mm-hmm. By Stacy Lines. Thank you so much. Red italics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like hearing it that way, I was like, oh, this is an interesting song. Mm-hmm. And then I went and listened to the corn version again. And God damn, that is the jam. Yeah. It's, it's fun. so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. That is such a great song. So is it, is it the disco beat that gets you? Is it the like, what's <laughs> what, what? What? I don't think it sounds like a disco beat. Yeah. It's, it's like a slowed down, like suck, 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 yeah. Right? I say, and they say that in the book too that mm. they like they struggled with whether they wanted to put that song on the album, which oh, is crazy. to That's me. insane. Yeah, because they thought people would see it as too much of a departure from what they normally do, and that's what I love about I guess, it. Yeah, I mean that's what I, that's what's good about it. Like, yeah, empirically, that but, guitar line is fucking amazing. I can also say, yeah, it's so good, I, and I can see th- I can see them being nervous. About it, honestly, like, and I hate that I'm saying this again. What I respect about them is that they at th- now at this point they have their second album, which they're not proud of, debuts at number three on Billboard. They have already been nominated for a Grammy for their first record. They spent a year touring. Like, I could see them being like, "Oh shit, people like us doing this stuff that we don't like." Right. Let's <laughs> like just go we, do a slightly we, better version of that. If we do this, are they going to hate us? Like, right, but the whole title is ugh, just so fucking arrogant. Follow like, the leader? Yeah, we're the leaders now, so fucking follow what we do. But that's what was happening. I know. A lot of people were following their lead, and they were like, all right, well, we're going to go in a different direction. Right, but then they go and hire, hire fucking Todd McFarlane to do the artwork. It's like you're not doing anything that's leading. You're following what everybody else already likes. But not musically. They weren't. I never liked them, so I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't like. I mean, I, they, they were a departure from a lot of what was going on, and even the new metal that came after them doesn't. It's them. It's bands doing what they were doing, but not sounding like them. Right. You know, like if that makes sense. Yeah, I think. I don't know. After listening to the first three albums, I feel like they are probably the best new metal band. Mm. I'm still Slipknot on that. Is but Slipknot new metal? I think they're, consi- they're I would considered. They considered. Uh, I mean, metal, sli- yeah, Slipknot's really fucking great too. Yeah. yeah, but I always just considered Slipknot. I don't know, like a just a good fucking band. Yeah, and Corey Taylor uh, is a talented motherfucker. Yeah, that dude can do Slipknot, and then he can do his other Stone Sour and other shit, and really kind which of which isn't as good. It's not as good, but it's you wouldn't expect that to be the same right. dude. Yeah, you know? it's not. It's not like it's not like the difference between sex art. And corn. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like the difference between chili peppers and uh, chicken foot. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. wow. Why'd you have to bring that up? I just like You just it. reminded you know. me that chicken foot exists. <laughs> <laughs> you know how me and Andy feel about that. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> <laughs> so, com- so, compared to the previous... What were you going to say? I was just going to say that uh, Got the Life is the best new metal song ever. Is that your... Yeah. It's fucking great. It's a great song. Well, what's what's even in the same category? Like, what are we even comparing it against? I th- my previous pick would have been "No Sex" by Limp Biscuit, which Ooh. barely sounds like a new metal song. Ugh. Oh, I fucking love. I think that's Limp Biscuit's finest fucking moment. What about because he's not rapping? What yeah. about uh, Pod's uh, 
Nope. They're no. They're, they're so whatever I'm, you're gonna say. No. <laughs> Pod was trash, and oh I no, hated no, them. a question, no question. But they they had that moment where everybody embraced them for a second. I feel so alive. That song. I Every, hated that song. I so didn't much. like it. Either. Or and, and you wouldn't put stained or any of that stuff in in there or like not. I mean, they would be in the discussion, but I I can't think of a better song that came out of that era than Got the Life. All right. So I can't. I can't argue because uh, I can't even remember songs. Oh, weren't you? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so compared to the previous album, this recording "Follow the Leader" was some workaholic shit. They spent five months on pre-production alone, which is more time than yeah. they took with the entirety the, of the process. Entire the, previous, album. and that was just Fieldy trying to learn bass. <laughs> Still didn't. By didn't. The way. No, he was like, yeah. hey, "This is too hard." Still did not learn it. Uh, another difference this time around with a few of the songs, they created the songs uh, around Jonathan Davis's vocal melodies that he had written. Uh, so Fieldy wasn't calling all of the shots anymore. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but that was just a few times. They, for the most part, stuck with their original format, which was drums, drums bass. bass, guitars, vocals. So, so he was still last. So but they would let him incorporate his melodies in the song. Well, no, process. in a couple, what they did in on a few of the songs is he had written vocal melodies and <sighs> that's previously. A, that's a yeah, that's term. a really pushing the envelope on that term. Guys, but, I was thinking this. Oh, what a great melody! <laughs> and then they just listened to that on loop and jammed around it, and a few corn songs were born. I got to tell you though, I think with Jonathan Davis as your frontman. You do have to leave him to last. Make him feel as left out as possible. Hurt his feelings. Let him go scribble in a notebook. Come in and go waka waka waka, and you have a fucking song. It's worked for two other albums now. Yeah, I think this works better just because it's a better album. But I still think that ultimately, yeah, Jonathan Davis, like Limp Bizkit, uh, is the problem. <laughs> Corn's problem is their front man. Well, the the things you read in this book about what he goes through before a concert and people describing yeah, 15 Jack and Cokes. <laughs> well, not just that, but they're like, he goes in a room mm. and he is one way before he goes in that room <laughs> and then everything changes, the room changes everything. And he comes out and he's another way. And then when the concert is over, you don't talk to him for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then after that, He's fine. Shit, and I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can really relate to That's that. That's why I feel like when I do comedy shows on the road, I feel like I come off as sort of standoffish. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. Because right before I perform, I'm like going through my jokes yeah, in my head, yeah. and I just want no one to talk to uh -huh. me. But also I'm in a packed bar, yep. and people are there to see me, so they want to talk. But it's nothing like this. Like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking nuts, man. I, I can relate, too, because I just don't like talking to people it's just <laughs> yeah something i'm good at and so in that like imagine having to record an album under the that that's one of the things jonathan davis he's definitely when it comes to oh i hate corn he's he's the problem he's probably the reason you hate corn yeah but when you read this book like the things he gets put through to make this music <laughs> like with the first two albums where ross robinson would just like prod him and try to get him to this place where he was like huh. almost on the verge of breaking down and then yeah. he'd like slap his ass and be like get in there slugger sing some lyrics and he'd be like don't slap me on my ass i don't know if that was off my, <laughs> my name is jonathan davis 
Oh, he's going. Remember that one? That was a fun one. Ross Robinson. That's most of them. (laughs) Jalapenos in my macaroni and cheese. (laughs) So, uh, some interesting subject matter on this album, because by now he's exercised all his demons. I hope we get a sequel to the Mr. Rogers song. Yeah. How about he apologize? Yeah, that would be nice. That would be really nice. It's called Captain Kangaroo. He's mad at that one. (laughs) Electric Company. He's mad at them. There's the song My Gift to You. Which is a song about how he wants to kill his girlfriend Wait, while didn't, having was, sex with her. I thought that was on the other album. No, I just mentioned it oh, okay. on the last episode, but it's on this album. And that sounds really crazy. Like, Oh, does it? But, Why? But he, it was inspired by a thing his girlfriend would do where she would write him love letters and put them on his pillow. And the love letters were about all the ways she imagined him dying. So they had a weird relationship. Wait, you're trying so to tell me he really is the Kurt Cobain. Of- oh yeah, are you <laughs> yeah. trying to tell me a guy who named his kid Nathan Houseman might be a little strange? <laughs> yeah, you'd expect that more from someone with a kid named Salam Salam dementia. dementia. Yeah, true. Or Dementics. Yeah, the Dementics is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite. Ah, uh, I love them, but I always forget when they're in town. <laughs> Uh, There's also the song Justin, or oh no, I skipped Dead Bodies Everywhere. Oh, I like Dead Bodies Everywhere. That is a good song. Yeah. And it's about his dad not wanting him to pursue music, which is a thing that happened and prompted Jonathan Davis worked as a mortician. to become a mortician, yeah. as we talked about briefly on the first episode. And shouldn't just every song that Jonathan writes be called, just be called Fuck You, Dad? Like, I feel like... I think so. Right? Yeah. The subtext is... Or dad fucked me. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, or With maybe, an asterisk. Or possibly <laughs> didn't, and I don't want to talk about it. Oh, my God. There's also Justin, which is about a Make-A-Wish kid who wanted to meet Corn as his dying wish. True story, by the um, way. Did they, uh, did they kill him? Yes. <laughs> they murdered him <laughs> with cancer. Did, so they, did they meet him? Yeah. And they got <laughs> no. Just wrote a song about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was originally called "Fuck Justin." Uh, yeah, they met him, and of course, he died eventually. And Jonathan Davis got all emo over it. I have so wrote many... a song. G- Hulk Hogan wrote a song about meeting a Make a Wish kid too for his album called uh, "Hulkster in Heaven." Jesus Christ! Uh, it's great. Uh, but sir, I have so many questions about this kid. Yeah, what how kid, old, what, yeah, how one, old how do we know how old he, Justin was? Where did he live? He was like 14, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, He's 23. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, is he 6? His parents are letting him they listen extend, to corn. What happened? They extend the age limit in Bakersfield. It's 25 for Make-A-Wish kids gotcha. in Bakersfield. Gotcha. But under Obama, he actually made it 26. <laughs> you could still be on your parents Make-A-Wish. <laughs> your parents Make-A-Wish. <laughs> but where is it? Did we know where this kid was from? Probably I, Bakersfield. I would yeah, love it, was, it if yeah. he was just like literally down the street from the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's Jonathan Davis's cousin. Yeah, I actually hope he's not him. from Bakersfield because <laughs> yeah. then it's like go to a Walmart, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you'll just fucking like... meet Jonathan Davis eventually. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Jonathan he's Davis. He's like across the street neighbor from Jonathan. He's like, I just want to meet that dude. It's my dying wish. <laughs> There's also all in the family. Which oh. what if Jonathan? Da- what if part? That's of the what wish... made this happen. All in the family. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, yeah. That song is what J- Travis and I were listening to when we were like... Eddie was driving me home after one of the uh, $3 Pod Y'all sessions. Uh, 
and we decided to put that on as a hey, remember when this happened? And I went, fuck, man, we should do a whole corn cast, jokingly. And now we're really now we're actually doing it. Doing we're doing it. it. It's it's live. We are on the bright side. We're almost halfway done. Thank God. Ugh. Six six episodes. That's all corn gets. All in the family is a terrible terrible song. It's a terrible song. It's an interesting take on a rap battle. I don't mind how s- a guy named Jonathan and Fred. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The year rap died. Oh, Fred's got a sweet diss for Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Fred Durst. Fred Durst delivers one of the best disses in rap battle history when he says your favorite band is Winger. What does he rhyme that with? Like you're a bad singer? Like what is he? I don't. I think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> actually, character on Mash's Klinger. <laughs> don't take this to Jamie Farr. Go wash my car, you little. Okay. <sighs> All right. <laughs> and which brings us to the next problem with that song. <laughs> well, we were talking about this downstairs, where it's yes, this song is super duper homophobic. Oh my god, it's just too. Suck you my, know what? It's too suck my dick, kid. Grown yeah. white men calling each other the f word back and but forth. But here's the thing. Every rap battle that's happening right now is just yeah. a grown black dude and a grown Asian dude calling each other homophobic slurs. Yeah. Like, it's not that different from what rap battles still are today. Yeah, except there's they don't. In co- there's, they don't work anything clever into their barbs in this song. It's literally just like you're a this, you're yeah, a that. But clever homophobia, dick, kid. Have, clever homophobia is still homophobia. I'm just yeah. saying we yeah. shouldn't be that shocked that this no. rap battle in particular has a bunch of homophobic shit. Watch the movie Bodied, which is mm-hmm. a good movie. Yeah. It's on uh, YouTube Premium, I think. You can rent it. Uh, you'll see. There is rampant homophobia to this day in rap battles uh but yeah also they can't rap it's not yeah that's the other thing i was gonna say it's like they're really bad at what they're doing jonathan is just going he's just doing this like you're kind of gay like he's just like (laughs) like, yeah it's not really doing anything resembling rapping everything i say is inconsistent with my story about (laughs) being a victim of sexual violence (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh shit! How do I rhyme sexual violence? That's a tough one. I don't think he was too interested in the rhyming. <laughs> Didn't seem like it. Listen to it again. There are lots of guest appearances on this album. It is Ice Cube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ice Cube. It, there's a song "Children of the Corn." Children of the Corn, fun song. Yeah, they said With Ice Cube in my hand. <laughs> they said Ice Cube was just the consummate professional. Showed up, ready, knocked his shit out, got out of there. Probably because it was. He was recording with corn. Yeah. yeah he was he like, I don't think he'd want to hang around. So wait, something like that. Is he getting paid to be there? He gets paid on album sale? Like, there's no way Ice Cube is like, oh, no. sweet. I get to record. No, I mean, corn. of course he got paid. Why didn't yeah. Ice Cube and corn do Ice corn? <laughs> <laughs> Ice corn. Frozen corn. Uh, do a rap battle track against Limp Biscuit and Method Man. Oh, that would have been amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow it comes down to Method Man versus Jonathan Davis. <laughs> what a Which weird... implies Fred Durst beat Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy rap battles. <laughs> Who saw it turning out that way? Uh, Nobody. My bracket's busted. <laughs> the craziest. Your bracket's busted. I'm gonna jack it nuts did. I don't know. I have nothing. The craziest guest appearance on this album 
far and away, though. Cheech Marin. What? On the song Earache My Eye, that is actually a Cheech and Chong cover from the Up and Smoke soundtrack. And they decided to cover it because, in their opinion, it sounds like an early corn song. We can fast forward this. Oh, yeah. You know, Voodoo Glow Skulls uh, use a soundbite from this movie. Oh, really? One of their records. There, but yeah, there is a corn cover of this song. Is the last song on "Follow the Leader," and Cheech Marin came in and did the vocals for it. I don't think there's horns on it. Yep, that's a corn song. I mean, it's better than a corn song. Kind of, yeah. Well, it's got a horn. Uh, it's got a corn section. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. That's that song. Cheech Marin invented new metal. He sure did. He's the godfather of new metal. I feel like somebody else covered that, too. I can't think of who it is, though. All right. Never mind. Okay. Okay. Corn covered it. Corn. That's what we're talking about. Let's focus on that. They covered it. I said it with a K that time. Oh. Right? Oh. Pretty smart. Uh, so in the midst of recording Follow the Leader, the infamous t-shirt incident. What? Happens, oh, right. Which this is some bullshit. Yeah, the t-shirt incident. Yeah, it's my favorite Guns N' Roses yeah. album. Yeah. Well, it was ring. more of an EP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a student at Zeeland High School in Michigan was suspended for a day for wearing a T-shirt with the corn logo to school, which, keep in mind, just says the it's word corn. It's just the word corn. Yeah, it's not like a burning cross or a <laughs> like a dead cat or something. I it's... don't know. I, um, I stand by this decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it does encourage poor spelling, which is not something you want in a school. Right, it's not part of the curriculum. Also, poor. Also, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. The uh, the uh, co- yes, sir. Common corn. Can we get? <laughs> can we get back to the corn controversy, please? Yeah, yes. Okay. Twist. Also, it's poor letter direction because the, well, the, R the R's the wrong way. So it's it's Im- it's, it's kind of pemen- it's correct penmanship. It's drawing attention to dyslexia, which schools don't want to do because dyslexia is a good reason to tell kids they're stupid. And, and they just, I mean, it is easier to tell kids they're stupid. Yeah. That is true. I like to imagine, though, it's uh, its like dragons. <laughs> I like to imagine it's dragons. <laughs> and, um, no, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's oh, it. We're going to leave that that's one just where I was going. There. Okay. Yeah. So according to assistant principal Gretchen, please. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. That's mm. a made up She's name. called the cops on some black people at her pool sure. before. Oh, yeah. This is a quote. Well, that's what the Gretchen says. The plues says that. Um, she also like she, has poor poor hygiene. Is that what plues? Mm. Like someone going. Says to me. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. This is a quote from her. The group called Corn is one of three groups that I'm familiar with that have extremely offensive lyrics. Only three? Only three. And this is 1998. Yeah. What are the other two? The other is <laughs> Chicken <laughs> Chicken <laughs> Foot, <laughs> Two Live Crew, two live and crew. George Carlin. <laughs> Infamous. Gangsta rapper George Carlin. <laughs> uh, 
the group called Corn is one of three groups that I'm familiar with that have extremely offensive lyrics. Corn is indecent, sure. vulgar, yep. obscene, yep. and intends to be insulting. It, they, yep. it is no different than a person wearing a middle finger on their shirt. Yeah, but like also everyone's hands have middle fingers on them. Yeah, and it's uh, also extremely different. Yeah. It's also not the same. It is radically different. And when the band got wind of this, one, they sent the school a cease and desist letter that basically said, if you keep saying mean things about us, we're going to sue you. The school? Yeah. Okay. And then, irony alert, they also printed up a bunch of t-shirts with the First Amendment on them, and then the words, except in Michigan, and then had a local radio station go to that school and hand those shirts out. Which it's cool that they went to the mat for that kid. Yeah. But also, can we discuss the <laughs> yeah, irony yeah. behind don't say mean things about us or we'll sue you. Also, here's freedom our shirt about freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also the idea that you'll sue a school. Like, I know how to punish this one lady. Taking away funding from other children. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, cool. They like really uh, saw a, a logical way in the system to uh, to help. Oh no! Wait a second. No. None of this is good. I mean, and then Jonathan wrote that song called "Fuck Plues." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's about how she raped him. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. allegedly, it could also be about his uncle or his father. So that ha- I, I mean, I do think it's cool that they took time out to defend this kid. Because it yeah. was bullshit. No, yeah. it's, it's complete bullshit. But it's also like that's what happens in – have you been to a school? <laughs> right. That's what yeah. they do. Yeah. And it's also like come, like, come on, science. Work on something more important. <laughs> so, like finishing follow the leader. Like for finishing yeah. follow the leader, which they did uh, after swapping out producer Steve Thompson. Or Cure Justin. That could have been an option. Cure Justin. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do for Justin. <laughs> They sent him a T-shirt that said freedom of speech except in Michigan. <laughs> freedom from cancer except in wherever you're from, Justin. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Which amendment is that in the Constitution? Amendment T-cell. So after they, they finally finish Follow the Leader. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. They finish Follow the Leader, but it's not coming out for a few months. And around this time, they launch the Family Values Tour. That Ooh, ends up being – that that changes everything. That does change everything. That is a show that changes everything. And this is the first place we start getting some some tour stories that are actually interesting. First off, Rob Zombie was supposed to be on the Family Values Tour. And I side with Rob Zombie in this story – Solely because I've heard third-person accounts about him being the nicest person. That's funny because I've heard the opposite. Really? Yeah. I've heard he is just the nicest fucking guy. Yeah, I mean, could be. I I heard – I can't even get into it, but some people who are friends with former members of uh, Rob Rob Zombie Zombie Zombie. that – Oh, like you mean Spider One from Power Man Five Thousand's yes, brother? Yes, that yes. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah lesser yeah, known. Yeah, 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 lesser known. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had, I knew a guy who had this conspiracy theory that they were actually father and son. <laughs> oh, and I was like, God. why wouldn't they just tell that story? It's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, like what are you talking yeah. about? But uh, they had. He was originally slated to round out the lineup, which was going to be Corn, Limp Biscuit, Orgy, Ice Cube. And Rob Zombie, which one of these complete- kids is doing their own thing. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I'd go to that show. Absolutely, I would. I would yeah. definitely go to that show. Uh, I'd get there late so I didn't have to see Orgy, and yeah. then 
I would have a good time. According to Corn, one of the uh, according <laughs> according to Corn to Corn, one of the issues was that Rob Zombie didn't want to play alongside a rap act, which I don't know if I buy that. I think I do. I can see that. Like this late in like it's almost ninety nine by this point. Yeah, yeah. But have you seen Rob Zombie's movies? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I can see that. I can see him being like, eh. But he was an Ice Cube fan. Uh, yeah, okay. Also, they were upset that he was planning to perform solo as a por- opposed to performing with White Zombie, which, here's the thing, what's the fucking difference? There, yeah. There I mean, is zero difference. Uh, there is some difference. I mean, a little. At this point, though, White Zombie had been broken yeah, up for already, several years. they're already not around yeah. anymore. Yeah, And Hellbilly Deluxe was a huge selling record. No, this was, he was... Going to be promoting Hellbilly Dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so why would there be an issue with him performing without a band that yeah. he is clearly never going to perform with again because they did not have a good break? It's not like he's going to perform a solo acoustic set. Like, it's still going to be a Rob Zombie show. Yeah. This next song is called, yeah. yeah. This yeah, is a, he's, he's not this is be, American Witch. He's not going to be up there reading yeah. The Great Gatsby <laughs> with playing a Mighty Mouse record. Twist. Like, this next song is called Dragula. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I want I want an acoustic cover of Dracula now. I want can we see if we can get Stacy on? Sure. Hell yeah. Stacy, if you're listening to this, we need we need a an acoustic cover of Dracula. I mean, please. I've I also have heard that Rob Zombie's a nice guy from other people. I've heard both. Well, so, also he could be like if it's with other musical acts, like that could be anything. Yeah, true. Like, but I've heard like people who met him have uh like it's one of those things where yeah, I'm sure he's nice to his fans, which is a good thing. Like that's Yeah. Yeah. And the last problem they had with him touring, and this is the only one only of the three things that he says is true, is his stage setup was just too elaborate to make it work. And having seen Rob Zombie, I shit you not, I think five times in oh, concert. Yeah. I can attest wow. that his stage setup is intense. Like the, I saw him in an arena once in Sioux City, Iowa. Oh, hey, suck city. And Seriously. I was maybe I was on the side, but I was maybe twenty five, thirty rows back, but on the the aisle, and you could feel the pyrotechnics on your fucking face. Damn, it was so crazy. And then when I saw him, like his sets are so elaborate. When I saw him at Ozfest one year, he made it really clear that he was he was like, I'm coming out in jeans and a t shirt. There's no pyrotechnics. Like it's not that kind of show. I just wanna like play my songs mm-hmm. and not put on the production. And I think it was because he was on a festival lineup and mm. there's no way yeah, yeah. to work his stage show into a festival. It's such a spectacle. Yeah. But he's great live. Fucking love Rob. And doesn't he have like giant robots fighting each other and shit? He sure does. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It is a lot of fun to watch, but I feel like we got to go to a yeah, zombie so, show. Uh, well, I was supposed to in ninety eight. Zombie was on tour with Corn, or at the very least, they played a show together. Because I, I wasn't living in Santa Fe, and a friend of mine, Halloween night, October uh, nineteen ninety eight, went to go see Corn. Yeah, at uh, with Rob Zombie. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've played some shows, and I was. Supposed to go, and I, I did mushrooms. <laughs> I'm sure they fucked. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that happened. So, yeah, this turns into a big fucking controversy, 
And his side claims the only reason that he dropped out was the stage setup thing. Whereas Corn, especially Fieldy, is adamant that he also didn't want to perform with rappers and that uh, he was a bitch. He actually called him a bitch in Fieldy? one of his quotes. Yeah. Oh, he wanted to play that game. Yeah, he did. Uh, so I don't know who I believe. I don't know that I care. Yeah. It- <laughs> Wait. And Rob Zombie, in one of the interviews in the book, was like, I still like corn. It was the people putting on the tour who were the dicks. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to go fucking watch <laughs> what's the fu- uh, Stained become famous. I wouldn't want to do that. God, no. Yeah. yeah. No. So wait, is this true? They replaced Rob Zombie with Rammstein? They sure did. Who has... Rammstein rides a giant dick and shoots cum at the audience in his show. Is it just one guy? Well, Rammstein's yeah, he's the, like yeah. Rick he's like, Rammstein. He's, he's the German Gallagher. It's uh, <laughs> and then Rammstein got to T O O, which is brother. Yeah, yeah. who does his old songs? Yeah, yeah. You've got to wear uh, ponchos if you're in the first like seven rows of a Rammstein show. He gets on a giant dick and shoots foam, foam come at the audience. That's a you can. That's a thing. That's part of the show. I, I'm just I, saying, if an elaborate stage setup is your problem. The band that you replace him with has to ride a giant foam dick that shoots cum. I have a fun Rammstein story. Not really, but I went to a Limp Biscuit concert. I talked about it. <laughs> I talked about it on Three Dollar Pod, y'all. And after that concert, outside the concert was, for one, it was G Wiz, who was a backup dancer in Heavy D and the Boys. Whoa! He was one of the boys. And I know it was him because he was wearing a New York Jets jersey that said G Wiz on the back. <laughs> and he was handing out Ramstein promotional VHS tapes, which I thought was a weird career turn That's for him. Bizarre. And I was at the show with a friend of mine who was a black dude. And we get home and he looks at the tape and he goes, This is what those soccer motherfuckers listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 100% correct. Pretty accurate. Do host correct, sir. <laughs> so uh, Follow the Leader is on the verge of coming out, and it comes out, debuts at number one. So big accomplishment for them. They do a 15-city promotional tour of record stores called the Corn Campaign Tour. With a K! All spelled with a K, of course. I mean, it's it's under three, so it's fine. Yeah, that's true. That is That is important. And we get another... Oh, no. Yeah, here they come. This again. So not long after the album comes out and debuts at number one, they end up doing the Big Day Out Festival in Australia with Marilyn Manson, who they had toured with before and liked very much, and Hole, who nobody likes Mm -hmm. except Courtney Love. I feel like Australia has 10 of the most poisonous snakes Ten of the most poisonous spiders and the Big Day Out Festival. And they all kill the same amount of people. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, some people did die at Big yep. Day Out oh, recently, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're not going to believe this, but Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love both were huge dicks to Chris. Shut up. Can you believe it? No. And this is where I feel like you see a lot of jealousy among other bands as it pertains to Korn, especially with Courtney Love, because Korn is sort of the Nirvana that killed grunge. Like, Nirvana killed hair metal, yep. and then Korn and Limp Biscuit come along. And they killed grunge. Yeah. And they kill grunge. And Courtney Love, I think she, she was playing after Korn. 
which is even at this point in history insane. Yeah, like Corn should definitely they, be. I mean, they just released a number one record, which right. also really quick. Did Jonathan Davis cry about that? Do we know? Because he cried when they hit number three. Do we know? Oh, if I'm he sure cried he did. Hit number one. Okay. He cried over everything. Oh yeah. Apparently, he was very emotional. He cried on stage dude. at Big Day Out Festival. <laughs> And this is where I put it in the notes, but like this is the point where I start to feel kind of like I see them as sympathetic mm-hmm. figures a little bit because they're this upstart band that sounds like no one else and they're just replacing motherfuckers. Yeah, and because there's this weird – like I said in the previous episode, the whole thing for me was like they're not going to get respected anywhere they go. Right. They're not going to be accepted. They're not going to be – no one's rolling out the red carpet for these guys. Right, but they have the number one record. People are making their final wish to meet them. Like, they're, they're getting but, something. Yeah, they, We're talking about that. two yeah. different but things, like, right. bands and then fans. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and in their, their fans are all they have. Like, in the, in the metal world, in the pop world, in, you know, the world of big day out acts and stuff like that, they're not going to – they're not going to fit in. So they have to do this family values stuff. They have yeah. to do these – their own label because that's the only world that they can exist in is one they create yeah because they're because yeah of course god damn playing, it don't make me feel for corn with, Andy. With, that's with, with Lowell and Marilyn manson every night you've got Marilyn manson who's essentially you know corn with a bachelor's degree and then <laughs> you have hole which is just you know shrill nirvana and uh, they can't like Marilyn Manson is corn with like Nazi outfits. Sorry, like, I should have said Shrillvana. That would have been better. Shrillvana's not bad. Misogynist yeah. undertones. I apologize. No, um, it's fine. It's Courtney Love. Yeah, that's a good point about Marilyn Manson. Remember when Marilyn Manson like really leaned it? Like he made people do the salute to yeah. him, and yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah, yeah. well. That was the they were doing the Antichrist superstar like kind of thing where it was like this weird rhythm nation fetishism applied to Satanism. Right. So it was like oh. So you're still fascist, though. <laughs> the beautiful fascists. The beautiful yeah, fascists. Yeah, yeah. Oh. God, I love that album, but there is so much about him. Yeah, he's a problem. And his thing he's that is problem. just yeah. like, good God. So yeah, of course, they're going to be referred to snidely by these people. Yeah. And it's insane because they just had a record debut at number one. Right. And they're not like, it's not their fault that people fucking <laughs> like them. Part of it's their fault. Who, corn? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's their Part fault. Part of what they do is their fault. Well, yeah, obviously, but, you know, sometimes a band just resonates with people. Yeah. And, like, yeah. in this case, Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love were both, it's not just that they were dicks to them on tour. They would call them out on stage every night and be like, how about that fucking corn? They suck, right? Jesus. And there's, there's an anecdote in this book about one night Courtney Love is having a bad set. Most of her sets are bad. On this. tour or on this festival were terrible and at one point she goes oh what do you want you want me to bring corn back out and everyone in the audience started (laughs) cheering that's what we want so it's like they at this point corn is one of the biggest bands in the world and i'm reading this book feeling like they're kind of underdogs yeah it's a really weird it's a weird thing and it it reminds me of you know like even if they're not your favorite band you don't have to be that much of a dick And it reminds me of this story I read. I don't remember. It was in some fucking magazine. But it was about how Leonardo DiCaprio met Rob Thomas at the height of Matchbox 20's fame and refused to speak to him because he thought he was – basically he thought Matchbox 20 sucked and he was too cool. Well, DiCaprio would have been pretty young still at this point, right? Like this is – Probably. Because this would be before Titanic? No, no, after. This is 99. 
No. The Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. Oh, it stuff. would have been around the same time. It would have been around the same time. Yeah. And yeah, he they by all accounts he was just a huge dick to Rob Thomas. And it's like, we fucking say hello to Rob Thomas yeah. and quit being that Maybe way. He'll put you in Veronica he wrote, Mars. He wrote smooth. Have some fucking yeah. respect. It's a great song. So yeah, the another thing about this whole incident that makes corn once again seem kind of likable and not as hate worthy mm. as i expected them to be going into this is they didn't really freak out about this they were just like well these people are jealous that's like, insane because like jonathan we're... davis writes songs about how much he hates mr rogers true but this is courtney love trained cia assassin oh, true. Yeah, you yeah, go right. i'm you just gonna piss fucking piss be. that's cool yeah. whatever you want courtney someone i haven't read it yet but linked me on Twitter to a conspiracy theory put forth by Cornspiracy. Cornspiracy theory put forth by Lord Jamar of Brand Nubian about how Takashi Six Nine is an MK Ultra agent. The rapper dude who's I, in I prison now? Cannot yeah. wait to read this. Wow. Yeah. Pretty great. Did he kill that doctor? He probably killed the, uh, uh not Extentacion, if nothing oh. else. Mm -hmm. Probably. And uh Another rapper just got killed. Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle, yeah. yeah. RIP, Probably. Nipsey Hussle was great. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, Korn really, they just kind of took this in stride and they were like, you know, we're just going to go out and put on really good shows. God damn it. You know what's weird? You like Korn now. No. Well, yes. You we love Korn, Travis. We did Say this. it. Oh, I'll get there. Let me get there, Andy. Okay. We did this whole thing about Nirvana, and I ended going like, fuck, man. I don't know how I feel about Kurt. I don't think I fucking like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this about corn, and I'm like, fuck, I think I like these guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's troubling. It's funny because also politically, like, Kurt Cobain was the guy that was ahead of the curve <laughs> yeah. on, like, gender politics and, like, you know uh, – queer acceptance and stuff like that like he was super progressive on all that even for the 90s you know and corn is like oh we're just gonna put the homophobic slurs in everything etc and then like ah shit one of them's a good guy and one of them's not it's not who you think it would be corn was <laughs> like look at this hate they're like no that's a b-side that's what you're talking <laughs> about that's uh it's just a non uh non-single so they're both complicated figures exactly obviously. exactly yeah but yeah, the interesting trajectory this podcast has taken. God damn it! So far, yeah. Uh, so far, it seems the verdict is uh, follow the leader. Not a terrible album. No, uh, and you know, Corn seem like all right dudes. Album. God, man, I might. <laughs> at times, it's terrible. I will say at times. Oh, like, for sure. All in the family is a terrible song that shouldn't be on the record. It should be ten songs. There's there's yeah. a good three there's or four songs that can, that can go, be cut. Yeah. God, we're going to end up getting fucking vegan tacos with Fieldy, aren't we? Yep. I'm going to end up trying to get every Corn album on vinyl, including oh, the Niedermeyer's Mind EP. Oh, no. What a nightmare. Uh, what have we done? But we're in it together. Wrong we're band. all in. This is also now, though. Like, they're going to fuck up, <laughs> That's right? True. Like, they're going to have a heel turn. What about, like, we have 10 more records to get through. Somebody finding Jesus. There's got to be all kinds yeah, of problems. Gotta yeah, you've got to imagine yeah, yeah. one of them went insane during the Bush years. Oh, sure. It had and to have. We're only to the point where the, the last line in the notes is despite all the hate, Follow the Leader was platinum by yeah, September. At least two Which of is them impressive be because it came out in the middle of August. Oh, and shit. Wow. By September, it was platinum. So this is August of 98? 98, yeah. August of 98. I feel like a lot of stuff was coming out that year, especially that time. Eminem 
his album came out around that same time. Yeah. Uh, and it was, we're going to, the next episode we'll get into like how fucking huge they get after Follow the Leader. But we'll also talk a little about the TRL era because Corn. <laughs> shockingly was a huge part of the TRL. Were they really? Teenage Girls were screaming for TRL? The first song ever retired on TRL for being the number one song too many days in a row, Freak on a Leash. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. So (laughs) so Carson Daly sitting there churning out corn and fucking... Carson Daly, Cornson Daly... Cornson Daly! Had to talk about corn all the fucking time. And that's the other thing. MTV for a long time was like, we're not playing their fucking, they're, they're a garbage band. Yeah. And then around this time, MTV starts warming up to them. And again, unlike Kurt, who was like, no, I don't like MTV. They were like, fuck yeah, finally, we're on MTV, baby. Yeah. Like, throw us on. They were just cool about it. They were corn they about were cor- it. And they do an un, un, uncorned, an unplugged, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Unshot. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Detasseled, maybe. <laughs> we'll get into the, the post-follow-the-leader stuff. We'll talk about- I Went platinum in a month. We'll talk about issues. But the reason I brought up TRL is that was sort of the tail end of music sales like uh-huh, that. It yeah. was when, like- the Backstreet Boys would sell a million albums in a day yeah, and shit like that. Right. And then MP3s come along yeah, this not long before, after. Like, the Napster sharing yeah. stuff really like, yeah. Right before, yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll talk about Issues, which is the That's only Corn album I've ever owned. Oh, you owned that one? Because I was in the Columbia House Music Club. And they just fucking sent it to No, me. I just, I had to get 13 CDs for a penny. And I was like, I'll listen to a Corn album. Yeah. It's got a rabbit on the cover with a button eyes or yeah. whatever. It's got a... I liked Falling Away for me. That's a decent Falling Away for me. Falling Away for me. Issues isn't a bad record either. From mm. what I remember, I haven't listened to it in probably a decade. Yeah, or I haven't longer. either. Based on what we know about Jonathan, it should have been called Tissues, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, he's a crying little <laughs> guy. That's Weepy Eagle flying <laughs> through the sky. Hi, Weepy Eagle. Bye. Bye, Weepy Eagle. Warn the people in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our episode. Ep three in the bag. EP halfway three. home. Boom. Oh, fuck. We're halfway at, there, and Travis. We're at second is a fan, and I'm gonna be drinking corn coffee next time. God, yes, damn it, hell yes. Everything is just. We will away. have everything's falling away from me. You guys. <laughs> I'm gonna brew some corn, some ground corn coffee in oh. a Walgreens coffee maker. Just... I would honestly rather drink ground corn. <laughs> <laughs> we can arrange it, baby. Uh, yeah, I'll have my. My corn coffee hoodie on, no matter how hot it is up uh, here. Fuck, cannot wait. So uh, be on, be on the lookout for that. Bolo, be on the lookout. Oh, is that what that means? Bolo. Yeah, he says it. Uh, he abbreviates it because it's a podcast saves time. Right, but I've heard it like in in. But it is a police term. Too. Yeah, Bolo. I always thought it was like you're throwing something to catch somebody. Like well, a- that's. <laughs> I thought it was a tie. <laughs> that's a that's a bolo tie is shaped like a bolo. Like a I thought it was the yeah. guy that fights uh, Zorro. Thinking of Zorro. Damn at the end of Bloodsport. That's Tongpo. No, that's Kickboxer, <laughs> bitch. Okay. Do you want to play that game? Do you want to watch that movie, <laughs> wow. bitch? This turned into uh, All in the Family real quick up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suck my dick, kid. Gonna watch Van Damme movies. <laughs> If there's any corn fans listening to us for the first time, don't be offended that Andy said bitch. Yes, yeah. it's a reference. 
feeling. I also like don't expect I also don't expect corn fans to be that no, upset. Right. And he said, "Bitch, let's watch." <laughs> no, <kids."> absolutely. <laughs> They'll be like, "He should say bitch more." This is a problem. I do like that. Our first episode, we were very confident this was going to be the worst thing. And so I'm far, already, I mean, it's not great. It's fun, <laughs> and it's changing our worldview on the band corn. It is. Yeah, it's uh, against it's a, all odds. It's a cornucopia of. Just, it's very confusing. Cornucornpia. I just wanted to say dick boxer real bad when you said kickboxer. And I just <laughs> uh, at least you got to say it. Yeah, now. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I got, you know what? I'm really glad you did. I'm honestly very kick glad boxer, you did. Kickboxer, you're more like a dick boxer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, just my dick boxer. Excuse me? Yep. Okay. I don't, cool. I, I don't think I have any, I Keep listening to this show because we, we keep making it. Please do. And, uh, if you're listening to this free when we eventually release it to the public, give us a good rating and review on iTunes. Please. That shit's crucial. It really helps the show for some weird algorithmic reason, so do it. Do it. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Andy! Say goodbye. Bye. Travis, say goodbye. I'm saying goodbye to you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>